Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're starting a little bit late. We had a little bit of uh, technical dish issues, but the studio's back up. Oh, boy. That's what happens when you go on a live show, people. Anyway, my name's Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, I believe he is here, Chris Rito. How are you doing, Chris? Am I online? Do you have me now? Are we there? I've got you. Yeah, I can hear you. We're 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 live now. It, it's the darndest thing. I couldn't get the studio to come up. Rebooted my computer and uh, and it came up. So we're we're on air now. So this is this is the tight end show, and we're gonna wing it for a little bit. Uh, a little bit <laughs> discombobulated there, but uh, let's get right to the uh, the news and notes. Uh, but, well, actually, before I do that, this is the Tight Ends Preview Show, and I want to remind everybody about a very important uh, sponsor of the show. It's, it's the Sleeper app. This is an app that you can download absolutely free uh, from the App Store, uh, and you can play fantasy football on it with your friends and everything. Uh, so uh, please check it out. Uh, the app is the top-rated user fantasy app on the market right now, and it's a top 15 sports app overall. As infant customization, a dark might, uh, night mode is coming, and a better uh, overall designed app uh, for you to play fantasy football with your buddies on the league. So download for free at the App Store now. All right, let's get right to the, the NFL news and notes. Uh, well, the first thing is uh, the quarterback situation in, in Indianapolis. Uh, Jim Ursay had some interesting things to say on XM Radio uh, earlier today. He said that Andrew Luck is actually fighting a small little bone issue, and we thought it was just the calf, but there's also some uh, speculation going on saying that sometimes if you get some blood get piles up in there, you get some kind of bone formation or something. There was a technical term. I don't know the doctors online are talking about Dr. Chow on, t- uh, on uh, the, uh, the Twitter uh, doc. Uh, for the fantasy doctor on Twitter uh, has said this, and uh, but the team is still saying you know they're confident that he'll play Week One. Have you heard anything about this, Chris, and what's going on there in Indy? Well, I can tell you here in Indy, we were just as surprised as anyone when Jim Irsay opens his mouth because I don't think we know what's coming out of it, and certainly he doesn't at times. So it's always entertaining. But uh, yeah, that was the first we'd heard of it was when Jim Irsay had said that. So the question is, what does that really mean? And, and like you alluded to, there is some uh, reason to believe that there may be some calcification in that calf. Uh, so it's fundamentally like a small little bone forming in the calf, but that's all speculation at this point. We really don't know because we've not heard anything official from anyone with any medical knowledge. The big thing that this is doing is this is causing Andrew Luck to drop in fantasy drafts. Maybe rightfully so, but, but he definitely is happening. So now he's dropping out of that kind of elite range where Deshaun Watson and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes were going back into that next tier because of the risk involved. Now he's got more upside than anyone in that tier, 
but he also has the potential for downside if any of these things turn out to be significant. I'm going to hold them to their word right now and say that he's going to be able to play week one. It's not going to be an issue, and they're being crushed. But at the very least, it's really causing a a big drop in his, his draft status, which means you might be able to get a, a deal and just one more reason to wait on a quarterback. That's right. Uh, that's what I believe, too. Uh, in fact, even before uh, all this latest uh, news came out uh, in the FFPC Pros versus Joes contest, uh, I drafted Luck in the seventh round, and I quickly followed that up uh, with Drew Brees uh, a round or two later. So, in other words, if you take uh, risk on Luck, you better be drafting a solid backup somebody that can put up almost fantasy starter numbers, uh, you know, and uh, we'll, we just take the wait-and-see approach. I definitely would not draft luck in round seven or eight or wherever he's sliding it in the wait and, and draft, uh, you know, some somebody uncertain uh, like Josh Allen or whatnot later because then you might end up with a very inconsistent quarterback and a quarterback that doesn't play for several weeks or a lot of the season, and we'll hope to, hopefully that's not the case in, uh, for, for Andrew Luck. We'll just wait and see what happens going on. Uh, another quarterback issue over in Dallas, they're still trying to get Dak Prescott under contract for a long-term deal, and there was a report out that turned out to be erroneous that he was asking for $40 million a year. He wants top five numbers, or, or the Dallas said that they out, made him an offer to make him top five numbers, which would put him somewhere between 33 and $35 million a year on a new deal. Uh, and they, when the report about $40 million came out, it, it, there was – strict um, uh, denial on that part that he, he didn't ask for that. But the bottom line is that they're still not close on a deal. Uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, he's in camp. He's willing to play. They're trying to get a deal with Ezekiel Elliott uh, out there too. And of course, Amari Cooper wants a new deal too. But does this, uh, does this, uh, all this talk about this contract, Chris, does this affect uh, Dak Prescott any, in any way in, in fantasy draft for you? I don't think so because for the main reason is that he's not threatening to hold out and I don't think he will. And, so I, I don't think it's going to really impact fantasy, especially this year. Kind of reading between the lines, I'm thinking that the team is inching closer to that deal with Ezekiel Elliott that he wants. They can get him in by week one, and they're kind of postponing everything else. And with, with Amari Cooper now being a little bit dinged, they're going to wait on him last because, and quite honestly, a, a star receiver is easier to replace than a franchise quarterback or, or a stud young running back. So I, I think I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but I think this might be good news for Elliott, and it's a, it's a really a non-factor for Prescott as far as I see it. Okay. Uh, moving on qu- quickly, running back, uh, an interesting uh, injury that just happened. Theoretic, uh, last week we, we mentioned, you know, of course, he signed with Denver. That might have been the end of the line down the road here before the season starts for Devonta Booker. But the Riddick uh, went on to fracture his shoulder. He's expected to miss two to four game action uh, once the season starts. Uh, so fantasy impact there. Uh, Chris, uh, is this actually a good thing for Philip Lindsay? What about Royce Freeman? Is he affected at all? And Devonta Booker, I guess he sticks with the team, doesn't he? Yeah, Booker might probably make the team at least for the short term, I, I think. But but I didn't see Booker as being much of a fantasy option in, in any circumstance because I really see this as being a, a, a two-headed running back by committee between Lindsay and Freeman. I think Freeman's going to get more than a lot of people think. But I think those two guys are going to take so much of the pie and, and I don't think this offense is going to be that great anyway. It's going to be mediocre. So they're going to split a pie maybe 60-40 or 50-50 already. And Booker, and really to a large extent, Theo Riddick, is not going to be probably fantasy worthy even if he was healthy. Okay. Uh, moving on over to Oakland. Uh, it's a never-ending saga. You're going to see this and hear all about this on, uh, on uh, Hard Knocks, uh, which uh, this week premieres tonight on HBO. Uh, Antonio Brown. 
Uh, well, it looks like a lot of his mess has been resolved, or has it? Uh, he showed up to camp today with his agent, uh, all smiles, saying he's, he's getting healthy, his feet feel much better. It's going to not be a, a little bit of time before he practices again. And apparently, uh, even though he lost his grievance with the NFL over his air sh- shoot air uh, advantage helmet, uh, he did find out from them that uh, if he can get a hold of a helmet that's less than 10 years old, and they stopped making this helmet back in 2011, uh, and if, if he can get a hold of one that's 8 or 9 years old, he can still uh, get it approved, and that's what he's trying to do now. Uh, I find it interesting that he just offered a signed practice helmet uh, for, for in return if anyone's got a, a, a newer uh, helmet. I would think cold hard cash would be what he would be paying there since he's uh, made thirty million dollars signing bonus and, and and such this year for to become a Raider. Uh, what what you know everyone was panicking about this. I went I'm on the FFPC uh, Power Hour High Stakes Power Hour last, last Friday and they were asking me and I said this is gonna uh, this is going to blow over. Uh, it's not going to affect anything in terms of uh, you know fantasy value. They're talking about he's already sliding to the third or fourth round. That's a that's a steal if that happens in the draft now. Uh, don't you target Antonio Brown like you normally would target him? Absolutely. I mean, two words: drama queen. He, I don't think he was ever going to retire. I don't think he was ever going to not play. He just wasn't getting enough attention. And that's it's it's like a little kid and his teddy bear, as one of our mutual friends has had said recently online about uh, this saga. It's just like a little kid who lost his, who got his teddy bear taken away. He's going to stomp his feet until he gets enough attention. That, I wouldn't worry about him from a fantasy perspective. Okay. Uh, well, another injury issue here. It was cropped up, uh, dis- discovered that uh, Emmanuel Sanders not only re from uh, from his torn Achilles last year, but he also went ahead and had ankle surgery. He had that type rope surgery, same type that Tua, uh, the quarterback out of Alabama, had before the championship game in order to uh, you know have a faster recovery. Well, he said actually that it was more painful to get over, but he's pretty much uh, you know recovered from that issue too. Uh, he's he's practicing with team drills. They're taking him a little bit cautiously, so he's not doing the regular of drills he normally would have used 100%, but uh, I find it interesting that they said that they expect him to actually see preseason action. That's really good for Emmanuel Sanders. Doesn't that, isn't, isn't that good news, uh, don't you think, uh, Chris, for fantasy? I think absolutely, and, and all reports out of training camp were that he was moving with great fluidity and really cutting on the nose. And the Achilles is obviously the harder one to recover from, and we saw Tua recover in just a few weeks and play in the national championship game at, at a reasonable level. So, uh, granted, he's much younger, but still, I mean, it, it might hurt more, but the recovery is harder from the Achilles to be functional again as an NFL receiver. So I think the fact that he's playing means he wants to get back in the flow, he's able to get back in the flow, and they're not worried about re-injury or, or slowing <laughs> Uh, uh, his recovery. So I think that's very good news and you should draft him as you normally would. Maybe again, the fact that he's had these two surgeries now causes him to slide a little bit in the draft. You might get him a round or two later than you might otherwise be able to. Yep. And one more note before we go over the quick uh, list of injuries, uh, golden state uh, lost his appeal uh, for uh, taking a ped substance. Uh, he said it was a fertility, fertility drug. Uh, he didn't know. And then he quickly stopped and, well, he got caught, so he's going to pay the price four games. Uh, he won't play until the fifth game for the Giants this, this season, so uh, make note of that and adjust his ranking accordingly on your list. And to, uh, to, uh, and to injuries, going uh, real quickly here, Damien wins with a hamstring. He actually returned to a limited 
practice last week. Uh, Andy Reid uh, mentioned something about uh, RBBC, the offensive coordinator and running backs coach still standing behind Damian Williams. We're going to have to see how that all plays out, but good news, he's practicing again. Derrick Henry returned to the rehab field. He hadn't been seen for a couple of weeks there. He returned to a rehab field uh, over the weekend, and so he's on his way to getting back to practicing. That's good news there. Uh, over in Atlanta, Julio Jones with the foot, he's practicing full speed now. So uh, we won't see him in the preseason because they don't like to uh, take a risk with Julio in that regard, and we all know he's a receiver. He's going to get his new deal any day now, so uh, no no issues there. Uh, Amari Cooper, Bruce Hill, uh, you know, of course, he wants that contract with Dallas. I think uh, you're correct, Chris, in saying that he's probably third in line. He's missed a week of practices uh, because of Bruce Hill, but he's still listed his day-to-day, so it doesn't look like a long thing there. Uh, Julian Edelman, uh, there's this thing. He's still out. You know, he's got the, the, the fractured thumb there. Uh, they think that uh, that he'll be back very soon. Uh, of course, the Patriots don't give updates on injuries. Uh, he'll just pop up on the on the practice field one day, maybe later this week or next week, and you know all will be good there. Um, no no bad uh, news to report there. Sterling Shepard with the thumb. He still believes he's going to be ready for Week One. Uh, you know, and he's he's practicing. He's he's practicing, trying to catch with one uh, one hand. Uh, you know, everything's going well over there. They absolutely need him. You know, now Tate's going to be gone for four games. Over in Cincinnati, John Ross with a hamstring targeting and return next week. We'll see. A.J. Brown, the rookie uh, wide receiver, still undisclosed injury, but just like Derrick Henry, he returned to the, to the rehab field and did some work off to the side over the weekend, so that's good news there. Over in Chicago, Trey Burton with a hernia still sitting out practice there. Uh, it, I'm not sure if it's a long-term thing, but, you know, we're just taking this day by day here. And J.J. Watt with a groin uh, defensive end, of course, for Houston. He returned to practice this week. That's very good news there. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone checks out our website, ffmastermind.com. We've got plenty of uh, free NFL quick bits, including all the injury ones until the start of the season there. We're updating it as the news breaks our free agent tra- player tracker and uh, our free agent mover trackers are updated. Uh, free agent, uh, uh, free uh, INS scanning reports are being released, including reports from the Colts on uh, from Chris Rito. Our master's list, customizable cheat sheet, MCP board, as well as executive draft master software has been updated. And version four of our draft guide has been released. It was uh, updated last uh, Friday. 455 pages, 18 fantastic articles. Our perfect draft series are about to start, people. It's one of the most popular things on the site. I think it's almost worth the price of the of, uh, of the, the guide itself, which is eighteen ninety five. We're going to do a PPR, not PPR, twelve man, twelve team leagues, as well as perfect drafts for ten team non PPR and PPR drafts. And of course, our summer rates Pro Bowl package, everything except our drafting software is a forty seven ninety five, and our Super Bowl package fifty seven ninety five. That gets you everything. Please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. And this is our fantasy tight end uh, preview. So, Chris, 
hit me with your top three tight ends and PPR. Why are they your top three? Okay, well, the top, my top three are probably the same as everybody's top three, and probably in pretty close to the same order. Travis Kelsey's number one. There's not much doubt he's the top tight end in any scoring system. And if you need me to tell you why, you probably need more than this podcast to help you out this year in FFL. I mean, he's actually close to being a first-round pick overall in, in redraft leagues. So I'll go with Zach Ertz, number two, and this is the close, close edge. He's a real target and reception hog for a very solid offense. Last two years, he's finally figured out how to get touchdowns and to stay on the field, two things that have been a bugaboo in his past. Maybe a bigger injury risk than the other top guys based on his history before the last two years, but he's also the least likely to decrease his target share in production on a per-game basis based on the continuity in this offense. And then number three, I've got George Kittle, who absolutely exploded last year in his second year. He's a top receiving threat for what some people have rated as a sleeper quarterback and with an offense that has used him and the tight end a lot. Another target hog, a mismatch down the seam with big play potential. I do expect a bit of regression from last year's explosion, but even a 20% reduction still puts him in the top three tight ends. So he's a safe bet here with an upgraded quarterback for 2019 with a healthy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at my top five. Uh, well, the top three are very similar. <laughs> They're the same. Travis Kelce, uh, you know, the guy is just incredible. Uh, one of the first plays of the first preseason game was um, Holmes to Kelce uh, straight down the field there, uh, down the sidelines. They easy, easy catch, caught him in stride. I mean, the guy's a monster. He's going to, you know, if you're going to draft a tight end early, try to get Kelsey, but it's going to cost you. Zach Ertz, number two in mine, uh, in my eyes, and uh, no one's likely to catch more passes at tight end at the tight end position than Ertz, uh, but, you know, his scoring prowess is slightly behind Kelsey. Uh, George Kittle, number three for me, uh, broke out uh, last year in a huge way. Uh, I think Jimmy G's going to be really liking throwing to him. Uh, he threw to him early in, before, in the year last year before he's had a torn ACL, so I'm not, not worried about that there. My number four guy is O.J. Howard in Tampa Bay. The guy's a monster, just got to stay healthy. Uh, I'm not forecasting any injury. He can't really do that. So, uh, you know, hopefully he does stay healthy. But if he does, you know, uh, he's going to be a monster. Uh, really big body, catches in traffic, makes uh, really good route running uh, choices. Jameis Winston loves to throw to him. Uh, that's really, uh, you know, the big guy there down in Tampa. And number five is Hunter Henry in my eyes there. Uh, he's almost a year and a half now removed from that injury, that torn ACL, uh, played at the end of last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, he looked good in the first preseason game, caught a couple of passes, broke himself in there. And, uh, you know, with uh, if Melvin Gordon stays out, that's going to be more targets for Hunter Henry in the short passing game. So I like him number five. Who is your number four and number five, uh, Chris? I also have O.J. Howard as number four. I'm a lot more bullish on the Bucks passing, passing game this year than most people. He's got the potential to step up with a lot of targets available this year that have gone from last year. Probably has the most breakout potential of guys in this tier of four or five guys that are pretty close. So I rate him at the top of that based on upside. Again, like you pointed out, great big play potentials, over 16 and a half yards per catch his first two years in the league. So in this off in camp, um, even better in non-PPRs as his target share has been pretty low and he's still produced. Uh, number five, I actually have Evan Ingram at number five. When the wide receiver crew got decimated in New York last year, Ingram picked up the slack in targets and catches and averaged over 16 PPR points down the stretch. And the wide receiver core looks pretty depleted and ready in camp again this year too. So like Howard, he's ready to make that third-year leap. And in a dink-and-dunk offense without a lot of other options and safety valves, this could really help his PPR productivity. Okay, my next three on the list, number six, is your number five, Evan Ingram. I think he's going to be counting on more for big plays uh, with OBJ gone. His talent and the fact that, uh, you know, keeps him solidly in the top ten here for me at number six. 
Um, number seven, Vance McDonald, which just moved him up a little bit and really impressed in camp. They, Big Ben just loves throwing to him. No Jesse James, no Antonio Brown. That's going to factor into a big season for Vance. So if you miss out on the top four or five guys, wait a little while, and in the middle rounds of your draft, you can t- target Vance McDonald, just like you and I did in Fanex. I'm very pleased to get him there. Number eight is Austin Hooper. Uh, really developed more into a consistent fa- fantasy producer last year. Uh, you know, I think he's going to catch close to 70 balls, 700 yards, and four and five scores this year. And I think that's good enough for number eight in my book. How, what about the rest of your top ten, Chris? Okay, I've got Hunter Henry at number six. Uh, you mentioned all the reasons why. I think he was a hot sleeper and a rising fantasy star last year before blowing out his knee preseason. And he actually managed to make it back by the postseason, which I think speaks volumes for, the, for this kid's uh, mindset. Uh, with with Ty Williams moving on and Melvin Gordon maybe being out in the backfield, he's poised for a major opportunity jump, especially early in the year. I've got Jared Cook, number seven. Uh, he's produced in every offense he's been in, and now is an offense that has made at least usable fantasy tight ends from everyone that's played there with Breeze. Cook's ability to cause a mismatch along with the uninspiring secondary receivers in New Orleans makes his situation prime for a solid year, and he has been looking good at meshing with Breeze so far in his first camp. I've got Vance McDonald, number eight. You mentioned all the reasons why. I think he's going to be the number two receiving options in Pittsburgh. Even last year's number of, of 50 catches, 600-plus yards, and four touchdowns, he was a low tight end one option, and he has a chance to improve those numbers substantially this year with opportunity number nine i've got austin hooper i think he's a solid but fairly unspectacular option at tight end especially in the ppr he probably has one of the highest floors of this tier even if he doesn't have a high ceiling due to a number of other options in the high-powered falcons offense very quietly posted top 10 numbers last year and should very quietly do it again in 2019 and then number 10 i've got eric ebron Um, i do expect a big regression and a loss of targets to doyle we'll talk more about him in a bit but his ability to create mismatches in this offense especially in the red zone means he's going to have big plays and big games i like him more in best ball non-ppr or scoring heavy formats but he should produce enough big plays to merit a top 10 rating, even in PPR. Okay. My number nine is your number 10, Eric Ebron, for the exact same reasons. I uh, do expect a regression there, especially since Jack Doyle is healthy there. Uh, But still, uh, there will be games where Eric Ebron, you know, makes his presence known. So, uh, but I wouldn't draft him too early. You know, he might be a little bit overrated, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, number 10 is Jared Cook, uh, the, the new receiver, the <laughs> receiver, tight end receiver down there in New Orleans. Apparently, Drew Brees is really liking Cook as he's hooking up with him well in practice, so the chemistry is always starting to develop there. And the fact that there's very little consistency behind Michael Thomas, uh, there's a big void there to fill. I think that Cook's going to fill nicely this year. So if you get him in the middle rounds of your draft as your starter, you're going to be good to go. Okay, that's the top ten. Let's uh, go over <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> a couple of sleepers at the position, uh, Chris. So uh, let's see. Um, let's go with underrated first. Okay, a couple of underrated guys. Uh, Jack Doyle, I want to start with him. All this guy did is lead his team in receptions in 2017 with 80 balls, and then he got hurt last year. Ebron Naheem Hines snagged a bunch of his targets that would normally have been his. He's back and being sorely overlooked in drafts, and for a PPR, I think you're making a big mistake here. When Doyle was available last year, Ebron had under 40% of the offensive snaps and far less targets and receptions. Don't sleep on Jack Doyle. And then Chris Herndon. He had a pretty good season for a rookie tight end and was building chemistry, especially in the red zone with Darnold. But because of the four-game suspension he has, you can draft him as a number two and probably get low-end number one production from him starting in week six when he returns. Probably a kind of high floor and maybe even a high ceiling of any tight end being drafted around him late in most leagues. 
Okay. Before we get to your overrated, uh, let's. I'm going to mention a couple of sleepers here. They've just uh, been climbing our charts at uh, at the uh, the rankings here for FF Mastermind. Mark Andrews has really stuck out uh, for the Baltimore uh, Ravens in practice. He's uh, hooking up well with Lamar Jackson there. Uh, he's uh, making everybody forget the name Hayden Hurst, even though he's still on the team. Uh, Mark Andrews looks like it's going to be a big part of their offensive short and long passing game too. So uh, you know, don't sleep on him. Uh, and then of course in in Oakland, the guy that's replacing Jared Cook is Darren Waller. Uh, he had a, a shoulder injury just recently, but he's come back from that. He's returned to practice. He's looking really good, uh, connecting well with Derek Carr there. So those are a couple of names to target real late in your draft as your number two, or if, even if you wait and grab a third one. Uh, obviously, in the FFPC, you want to grab them a little bit earlier, but, but still maybe you might be able to get them as your number three there in the FFPC. Anyway, let's go to overrated. A, a couple of guys that you think are overrated tight end, uh, Chris. I kind of mentioned him earlier, Eric Ebron. I think last year was a perfect storm for him. I see a big regression in his stats this year, especially the number of targets and catches. Return of Jack Doyle, big one to hog targets at the position. But they also added two more pass catchers in Devin Funches and Paris Campbell and a renewed commitment to running the ball. It's going to make him plummet from his career numbers last year. He's still going to be very serviceable, but not Pro Bowl level fat. I love his skills, love the offense in which he plays. I just think he's going to be the fourth or fifth on the pecking order for the team, which might not be as pass-heavy as many think due to trailing in games less often than Cleveland has in recent years. OBJ and Landry are going to dominate touches. They've got a solid run game with several very good pass catchers, even before Kareem Hunt comes back. People are enamored of the Browns this year, but there's only so many balls to go around. Okay. A couple of guys that I don't really care for, I'm not sure if you call them overrated because they're still sliding in a lot of drafts, but Jimmy Graham in, uh, in, in Green Bay, I think he's on his last legs there. The knee can't get much uh, separation. Uh, you know, he'll catch some passes uh, and some uh, TDs here and there. But uh, asking for, you know, five, six, seven scores, I think it's too much from him. Uh, and Jordan Reed, it's the same thing every year. He looks good in, uh, in, in, in practice and camp and all. And then, uh, you know, he looks makes a couple of big plays in the preseason game or two or doesn't play at all, then gets into the season and he gets hurt. So he's still got that toe issue, even though they're not talking about it. Uh, he's, oh, he looks good in practice. Uh, you know, I, I'm just not – he's not on my radar, so I just really wouldn't touch either Graham or Reed at this point. Uh, how about a couple of deep sleepers for, at the tight end position, Chris? I can't believe I'm mentioning these guys as deep sleepers because maybe three or no more than four years ago, they would have probably been one, two on your tight end list. I'm going to mention Greg Olson and Jason Witten that I think are being vastly overlooked. I mean, I get it in Olson's case, two injury-marred years. He's 30-some years old. He had three straight 1,000-yard years, and – leading into that. He had four touchdowns in only seven games played last year. The guy's a solid number one if he's on the field, but the age in the last two years are making him plummet to almost being undrafted. He's a great value as a number two with huge upside and big weekly potential. And then Jason Witten obviously sat out last year, just like Olsen, this all-time great is getting totally forgotten in drafts. His 2017 stats of 63 catches and 560 balls were both career lows and still worthy of solid tight end two consideration with upside due to the sketchy offensive skill players in Dallas and Prescott's trust in him. And, you know, the place you can draft him, he will not hurt you one bit to take, and he has some huge potential, certainly better potential than he had as a broadcaster in the Monday Night Football booth. Okay. Uh, before I wrap things up here, I was just handed an update here on the status of Amari Cooper. Apparently, Cowboys insider Mickey Spagnola says that Cooper's heel injury is, quote, more of a ligament thing than a bruise. 
So that is concerning. It's something to keep your eye on. Uh, uh, Jason Garrett didn't really want to update anything that's going on with Cooper in the injury. He just said he was day by day. He said he's making progress, and we're certainly not going to rush him back. Don't anticipate him doing anything today, which was Monday when they talked to him. And he said he's getting closer and closer. He's working on the side. We don't think it's a long-term thing. We just want to be deliberate or bringing him back. That was a quote from Jason Garrett. So all you uh, Cooper fans there, it's a little bit more of a concern. We'll keep you an eye on that and update that, obviously, on the site at FF Mastermind, especially for the premium subscribers. A couple of reminders here. The Sleeper app. Go to uh, the App Store. Download it absolutely free. Play fantasy football on your app with the Sleeper app. And, of course, check out uh, myffpc.com. You hear me mention FFPC a lot. It's a high-stakes fantasy contest, but they also have best balls uh, 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 drafts and uh, leagues online. It's starting at 35 bucks. You can do 77. You can do 150, 250, 500, 1,000. All kinds of satellite leagues. But the main event is in, is drafted here, right here in Las Vegas. If you don't can't make it to Las Vegas for the event at Playing Hollywood, you can draft right online too. It is $1,800 a team, but you can win 500,000. And I've won over 21,000 in this contest over the last five years. And they pay. So and they pay quickly. So check out my FFPC. Anyway, thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when it's our annual Fantasy Sleepers and Creepers show, one of the most popular preseason shows of the year. Uh, it's going to be previewed. So good night, good luck and uh, to all drafting this week. And, boy, football is hit back, baby. Can't wait. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.